Welcome to the Manuscript Academy podcast, brought to you by a writer and an agent who both believe that education is key. The beauty is the people you meet along the way, and that community makes all the difference. Here at the Manuscript Academy, you can learn the skills, make the connections, and have access to experts all from home. I'm Julie Kingsley. And I'm Jessica Sinsheimer. Put down your pens, pause your word counts, and enjoy. We are very excited to bring you a new feature tonight. We have been inspired by Twitter. We were wondering how to ethically bring you inside the agent's inbox. And one of you gave us a suggestion that was 10 queries on the podcast. John Cusick has been generous enough to offer our first edition. So John Cusack, John, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So you are a literary agent at Folio Management and Folio Junior. That's correct. Yep. And um, my specialty is in kids' books from picture books up through young adult. And you're also an author? I am an author. I am an occasional author. So <laughs> I've had uh, two books with Candlewick Press. The first one was called Girl Parts. And the second one is Cherry Money Baby. Which I've read both and I love them. You know that. Thank you. Oh, you were the so one. great. <laughs> <laughs> So Jessica, let's talk a little bit about 10 queries in 10 minutes. So John here has his query inbox open, and he is going to narrate to us what happens as he reads 10 queries for the first time in 10 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and start the 10-minute timer and go. Okay. So opening up the first query, um, it is an upper middle grade fantasy novel. Um, and the first thing I see is that the character is 12 years old, which is perfect age for a middle grade. I'm always on the lookout for middle grade fantasy, so this should be interesting. Um, the first thing I'll say is that the main character has sort of a deliberately goofy name. I, I'll try not to put in any uh, details that will reveal the actual query because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But, you know, if it was um, Susie Cream Cheese or, you know, Sally Strawberry, you know, it's, it's a deliberately sort of funny name, uh, which is something that I tend to not like very much. I feel like it sort of breaks us out of the reality of the story. So small thing, but not awesome. Um, the next thing I'll say is that this is uh, what we sometimes in the industry refer to as a portal fantasy. So uh, we have a character from our world who travels into another world to have her adventure. And for whatever reason, are a style of fantasy that I find a, a really difficult to sell. Um, much more often, if a, a fantasy just sort of takes place in another world and the characters were born and raised there, it's a little bit more um, easy to get access to that world. And we don't have to have a main character from our world sort of going, ooh and ah, it's so weird and I can't believe this is happening for several chapters before we get into the adventure. Um, so sort of two strikes against this one to begin with. Um, and again, without going into too much detail, the uh, fantasy world, the setup feels very, very familiar. It feels like a kind of fantasy universe that I've seen a lot. So um, this is probably not going to be for me. And taking a glance at the sample pages here, um, the writing feels very different, uh, distance rather, from the main character. So you know, uh, to paraphrase, Sally Strawberry walked into the room and sat down. Like, I don't feel like I'm in her head. I feel like I'm looking at her from a distance. So for me, that would probably be a pass. 
The next query is from a professional freelance writer. Um, so not someone who has done novels before, but that's totally fine. It's a middle grade story um, for 10 to 12 year old girls. And its focus is on relationships. Um, now, typically in middle grade, there's not a lot of room for romance or sex. I think there can be sort of preteen crushes or prepubescent crushes. Um, but the focus here is really on sort of middle grade romance, if you want to call it that. And that's going to be a tough sell. Also, in this query, the author is doing a lot to explain the market, sort of what's already out there, what girls are reading. And you know what? She's not wrong, but it's actually taking up a lot of space in her query um, that she doesn't need. When you're querying, hopefully the agent knows the market well enough that you don't need to explain it to them. So that would be my suggestion for this author and for you as you're writing your query. Um, so for to me, this is just too uh, much of an adult perspective on kid relationships and kid problems. Um, it feels like, again, age-wise, wise, it's very distanced from the readership. So for me, this doesn't feel like a perfect fit for middle grade. It almost feels like it should be an essay about middle schoolers and sex and romance more so than it should be a novel. So for me, this is going to be a pass. So the next one is a middle grade story as well. This is great. I've been tweeting a lot about how I'm looking for middle grade, so I'm really excited to be seeing a lot of middle grade projects in my inbox. The author immediately quotes um, something from an interview that I did uh, talking about what I'm looking for. So that tells me that this author did some research, um, which is really fantastic. So this is a bit of a uh, combo fantasy and historical, it looks like. Um, and it takes place in a hotel. And immediately I'm into it. Um, it feels like it's got a really cool atmosphere and a really cool setting. Uh, the setup reminds me a bit of the Westing game, sort of a lot of quirky characters in a big building living together and solving a mystery. So to me, this really hits the sweet spot for a sort of fun, you know, fantastical middle grade adventure um, that seems to have kind of an original slant to it. Um, this sort of blend of historical and fantastical elements feels familiar but fresh at the same time. So this is something that I would definitely want to read more of. And a quick glance at the sample chapters, the writing is pretty interesting. So this would probably be a request for me, which is surprising. I didn't think we'd get one in 10 queries, but that's yeah. great. Next query is a young adult. Um, it's a contemporary realistic. Um, the query begins immediately describing the character's circumstances, which is great. I don't think you need a lot of preamble in your query. You can just dive right into what the story is about. Um, unfortunately, what I'm seeing here is what I would call sort of pity lit, uh, where a lot of bad things happen to a main character who doesn't deserve it. So mom has a health issue. Dad has a health issue. Uh, the daughter has a health issue. Um, there's also an element of being forced to move to a different town, which to me is a very familiar concept. It's almost like the contemporary realistic version of the portal fantasy. Like, again, the character is going to have to move to the new town and be like, oh, it's so different. You know, everyone's so different here than at home. It, to me, it's not as interesting. So, um, you know, looking through the rest of this query, I just don't feel like there's enough of a hook here or enough of a fresh take to really make me... Uh, excited about this story or feel like I can break it out in a big way. Um, so this would probably be a pass for me. And I think it's worth noting that I, the sample pages look really nicely written. Um, and unfortunately, the problem here is the concept. It doesn't really feel fresh. It doesn't really feel exciting. And I want to take on books that I feel like I can sell in a big way and that can make a big impact on the market. I'm worried this one would get a little lost in the shuffle. So that's a pass. Next one is a um, young adult 
Uh, it looks like a sci-fi or post-apocalyptic. They don't describe it as a post-apocalyptic or dystopian, but the circumstances seem to suggest that. And I think that's fine. They describe it as a sci-fi, and I think that's a smart thing to do if you're dealing with a genre that's maybe um, a little bit saturated, like dystopian still sort of is. Um, the premise of the book is, or the science fiction premise is described in the first uh, paragraph of the query, and it is very confusing. I get the sense of a sort of uh, malevolent government and different categories of people who are oppressed, um, but what's actually going on here is a little bit confused in the writing. And to me, again, like sort of a team fighting against a um, oppressive government in a future where people are broken into categories does feel a little bit familiar, and I don't really find an original twist here to make me get really excited about the concept. Um, so for me, that's probably a quick pass, because it's in a genre that I think is a little bit saturated, and it feels a little bit familiar. Um, so that's not going to be for me. I will say, for the record, you know, the first line of this query is really strong. It's a really enticing first line. Again, to paraphrase, it would be something along the lines of like, I held my mother's murder weapon in my hand. Like it's really immediate and I feel like I'm dropped into a scene. So the writing here isn't bad, but again, the concept is king and uh, it's not doing it for me. Um, okay, next query. Um, it's a middle grade and immediately I see it's about a protagonist who is a reluctant hero and she doesn't fit in and she's an introvert and she's a reader. And for me, this is a subjective thing, but I want characters who aren't reluctant heroes. I want really bold and iconoclastic and, and proactive protagonists. So whenever I see that term reluctant hero, I'm really turned off as an agent because I feel like if a story is about someone finding the courage to be the protagonist in their own story, it's just not for me. And again, that's a subjective thing. Another agent might feel differently. The rest of the concept feels a little bit familiar. Um, so again, I feel like even though it's middle grade sci-fi fantasy, which I'm looking for, um, without that proactive protagonist, it's not going to be for me. Okay, the next one is a young adult science fiction story. Um, the concept feels very, very similar to the television show Stranger Things, which is actually okay. I think that young adult and middle grade often follow pop culture and television in terms of concepts and ideas. Um, so I would love something that feels like Stranger Things. Um, to me, though, this, this sort of like whimsy and fun of this concept and the kind of dark adventure just feels so much better suited to middle grade, where I think paranormal adventure has a, a much better footing. As is, this is a young adult story. I still find paranormal in young adult to be a tricky sell. Um, so I'm not sure that this one would be for me. I'd probably want to read on a little bit because the concept is pretty interesting. Um, so taking a quick look at the sample pages, I like the writing. So even though I'm a little iffy on the age range for this concept, I would probably request to see more and see if the story really hooked me. Um, okay, this next query does something kind of funky that I sometimes see authors do. It's a very formally structured query. So there's a log line, colon, and then the log line of the book, and then synopsis, colon, and then the synopsis of the book. And all the main characters are um, described in all caps. So all the pronouns are in all caps, uh, rather. And um, that's not a necessary formatting technique. It's certainly not going to detract from my appreciation of the story or the query, but um, that's not something you need to do when, when querying a novel. So this is a, uh, it doesn't say whether it's a young adult or a middle grade, actually. The character is 15 years old, which I think is tricky. I would advise this author to age up the character to 16 if this is going to be a young adult or down to like 12 or 13 if it's going to be a middle grade. 14, 15 is sort of in this netherworld between YA and middle grade that's a, a really tricky 
unique place to be because publishers don't really publish a lot in that in-between category. Um, so if this is a YA, I definitely want to age that up. They use the term um, goth in their query. And to me, that feels like a very dated term. I could be wrong, but I, I feel like that's not as prevalent a concept that feels like a very sort of Gen X or a little bit later idea. So especially if this is going to be a contemporary set in our time, the term goth feels off and is kind of raising a red flag for me about this concept. Um, the concept is a little bit flat, and looking at the um, sample pages, to me, the writing does feel like a much older adult writing about young people. It feels very distant. I don't really hear a, an authentic teen voice here. Um, so this would be a pass for me as well. Okay, this query is for adult nonfiction, which I don't represent, um, and it's about how uh, Trump is a really great president. So that's going to be a no for me on a few levels. Um, and that's, you know, I would, it's, I would say one in 10, I get a, a novel that, or a project that's completely outside of what I represent. So this person obviously didn't do any research and I'm not super surprised. Um, okay. So the next one is a middle grade story set in the sixties and it seems to be about, um, race. And while I'm very eager to take on projects that take on uh, issues of identity and race and those sorts of um, important societal ills. Um, I've seen so many stories, I think we've all seen so many stories that take place in the 60s and are about sort of integration and whatnot. Um, and I don't know if you need to set it in the 60s when such important stuff is happening today. Um, so for me, this feels like a very kind of familiar backdrop, and I'd much rather this author examine the problems that kids and teens are going through today in terms of race. Um, so for me, this is kind of a missed opportunity, and, and I don't know that I really need to take on another project that you know, is in this sort of Vietnam era. All the characters feel very fami like familiar tropes in that kind of genre of writing. So that's not going to be for me either. Um, okay, I think this is my last of my 10 mm. queries, if we don't count the Trump query. Um, <laughs> so this is an upper middle grade novel. Um, it also, uh, this query comments in the first paragraph that I'm an editorial agent, which is true. And I feel like you'd have to have done some research on me to know that, or at least read some interviews of mine or read my submission guidelines. So that's great. So immediately that pulls me in. That lets me know this writer is interested in me specifically. Um, I would say this sounds like an interesting concept, but the, the, the synopsis or pitch is maybe two lines long. So um, while I'm going to go on to read the sample pages, uh, there's not enough here to really pull in a lot of agents, I think, you know, myself included. Um, so make sure that you're not holding too much back. Even if you have a really great log line, give us as many details as you can within a paragraph or two, because any one of those details could be the thing that gets us to really want to read your sample pages. And finally, in the, in the sample pages here, the author is doing something I see a lot in middle grade, which is equivocating. So um, the opening is something like, um, man, it was a crazy day. Well, not so crazy, not that kind of crazy, but maybe a little bit crazy. And I'm thinking, is it crazy or isn't it crazy? Um, I think that's a way of creating a chatty relationship with the reader, but I think it can actually be a little bit um, distancing from the action. I don't want to listen to a narrator monologue. I want to experience the story with them. So for writing purposes, this one is also a pass for me. So John, tell us what one-to-one -one meetings are usually like at conferences. Generally at conferences, one-to-one -one meetings are uh, a, an author sitting down and sort of presenting a pitch for their book. 
Um, and then I usually find as an agent, I have a few questions that I use to sort of draw a bit more detail from the writer. So I usually ask about, um, you know, is this the first project they've worked on? Is it the 10th novel they've written? Um, where are they in the drafting stage? Sometimes folks have just finished the first draft. Sometimes they've been revising and revising. Um, it's really helpful for me to know, especially if I'm giving feedback, where they are sort of in their process. So John, the Manuscript Academy has a really different model where we have our meetings online via the phone or via Skype or Google Hangout. How does that differ for you? Well, I think um, doing it online takes a little bit of the pressure off because even if we're looking at each other through a, a Skype or a Google chat, you're usually in your own home talking to an agent. I'm in mine. Um, it feels a little bit more informal. And I think that you can... Um, sort of break some of the intensity of the conversation a little bit. If you're sort of in your own home or if you're on the phone, you don't have to be making eye contact or making sure your face isn't doing anything weird. And I'm saying this for myself as well as for the, um, for the, uh, uh, queriers, for the folks participating in the critique as well. Um, so I think it's nice to, to have, uh, both, you know, in a way I feel like you can be a little bit more intimate online, ironically. Um, and it's a little bit less formal. If you could give any advice to people who are about to take a meeting, what would it be? My advice to folks about to take a meeting is um, don't spend your entire time pitching the agent your idea. Um, because chances are most agents are willing to receive a query from you no matter what. So the best you can hope for from a pitch is the agent saying, yeah, sure, query me with it, or yeah, sure, send me the manuscript. Um, what you should really use this time for is to get as much advice and, and as many notes as you can from the agent. So if they have notes on how you can make your query better, how you can make your first pages better, that's going to help you not only reach that agent, but any other agent you query. So, so use that time as a learning experience more so than an opportunity to pitch. Yeah, I really appreciate that because a lot of people like to rehearse something that they could just email me. And I always want to be like, hey, hey, you're paying for this time. Let me tell you stuff, you know? Yeah, you can email an agent pretty much at any time. And I think that what the you know, critiques really allow for is to get feedback from an agent, which you don't necessarily get when you query. Um, so the chance to have, you know, someone on the professional side of things say, oh, you know, try this or try that, or I responded to this, I didn't respond to that, that can really help you in your, in your search for an agent. Can you tell us about a good experience you've had uh, during a meeting or something somebody did right? I had a situation in a meeting where we were meeting over Skype in a video chat and um, the gentleman I was talking to was calling from South Africa and I had read his query ahead of time and when it came time to chat, uh, we couldn't get the audio to work on his computer or maybe it was on mine, um, which was really disappointing because he's calling from another country. We really couldn't connect via phone. And so, um, you know, it could have been a really panic inducing moment for this author, like here he's paid for this critique and he can't hear the agent and I can't hear him. But we started chatting back and forth and he made some jokes and I made some jokes and it sort of became this little bonding moment where we were both just trying to communicate um, via chat rather than via um, sound. And we could see each other's faces and it was sort of um, funny. And, and we made a genuine connection. We were both just two people having this funny technical problem moment. So my advice would be, you know, if something goes wrong, if, if you have to go off script, um, don't panic because agents are just humans too. You know, our computers have problems too. We screw up too. Um, so, uh, you know, 
kind of relax and can, that can actually be a moment to actually sort of have a real human connection with the person on the other side of the line. Um, and it doesn't have to be a disaster. I love that technology as like the ultimate, you know, uniter. That's yes. great. <laughs> Wonderful. So John, one last tip. If you had one more tip for people out there listening, what would it be? My tip for anyone interacting with an agent, whether or not it's an in-person uh, critique or online um, or, or, you know, running into them at a, at a, at a conference after party or whatnot is to remember that chances are that interaction is not going to be a make or break moment with that agent. I think that the nerves come from this feeling of if I just say the right words in the right order, I'll get an agent after this 10 minutes is over. Um, and that's almost never going to happen. Um, you know, what's going to sell your work to an agent is the work itself. So really all, all that interaction is, is making an extra personal connection. You know, there's usually a conduit between you and that agent, whether or not it's, it's their query inbox, or maybe they're looking at submissions at that conference. Um, don't sweat so much that, that interaction. You don't need to get nervous about it because really, even if an agent absolutely falls in love with you and thinks your pitch is the greatest thing they've ever heard, they're going to have to read your book before they know they want to sign you. Um, so don't sweat that, that little back and forth, you know, it's going to be about your writing. So just relax and remember that agents are people too. Um, you know what? They're not just people, they're book people like you. So that, that means they're also maybe a little bit awkward and don't know how to do talking. Um, so you know, it's, it's okay. You can both be humans together and that's the best you can, you can hope for in one of those interactions is to kind of have one of those interpersonal, you know, real human moments. And then the hope is when you send your writing, you know, that's sort of the icing on the cake that the manuscript is amazing. And Hey, I met this guy at a conference. He seems really fun and, and he'd be easy to work with. So like, yeah, let's sign him up. Thank you so much, John. You're so welcome. We are so glad that you joined us. And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Just head on over to the iTunes store and let us know what you think. It not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be, but it also affects our ratings within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page for our first pages podcast, you can send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with first pages podcast in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about the Manuscript Academy and everything we have to offer, just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.